Well, good evening, my brothers and sisters. This is Daniel Pena with another podcast for Defender of the Faith, and I know it's been a long while. It's 11.30 at night on a Monday, August 10, 2020, so we're almost three-quarters into this new, into this year of 2020, and so, hmm, so where do we go from here? <laughs> well, we must continue in the faith now, should we not, amen? And so, with that being said, and we see the things that are going on, we continue to persevere in the faith and to go forward and to march on as soldiers for Christ. Uh, No matter the trials or the tribulations or what's trying to hinder us or what's going on, we know that God is on the throne and He is in control. Uh, We believe in this new covenant and we believe that Christ has given us power over sin and to live the abundant life by the personhood of the Holy Spirit, which dwells within us, for we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so tonight, I'd just like to just, uh, let's just go back to the basics, that uh, we must continue to preach this gospel. And I know that some of you know that here in our local area, we've been ministering the gospel at our local park on Saturday mornings, and we just really been feel led to continue to do this. And um, I tell you, uh, I just believe that every time we we go there and we, we set the equipment up because we use a PA self-powered PA system with you know with the with the with the microphones you know that are cordless wireless and so you know it's just an opportunity for us just to minister at this park and um, just to see uh, as we throw out that uh, net of the gospel to see you know what could be caught by the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And so I would just like to read some scriptures tonight because we really need to understand uh, what our true mission is. And um, the Lord gave us the great commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses uh, 18 through 20, you know, that we should go out throughout all the world. Amen. And so the Lord has commanded us. It's not a suggestion. It's not saying what you feel like. The Lord has commanded us. To preach the gospel, to witness to the lost and dying in this world as we have time. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses, uh, let's see, let's look at the scripture real quick. Verses 3 and 4 I like to just kind of look at, maybe I might go a little bit further than that. But it says, and this is Paul speaking by the Holy Spirit. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And whom the God of this world, which is Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your service for Christ's sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So praise God. So we see here, that literally, because what happened in the garden, the enemy, let's just say that he's running right now, you know, the earth. <laughs> Amen. It says that he is the God of this world with the little g. Because you know, he's not in control. He just right now, he's he's running. That's how we call it. One day he's going to be evicted. And so we see that that's why the gospel is hid. Because the spirit of the sage and combined with that, with the power of sin and an evil and wicked heart. That's why men cannot receive the gospel on their own. It must be presented to them. 
in the form of preaching, whether it's a person, a preacher, or witnessing, or hearing a, you know, an MP3 or a CD or on TV or on the internet or Facebook Live, but the gospel must be presented. And so why don't we why don't we why don't we really focus on this real quick because really as you see what's going on in our nation and, and just more just going on it just continues to heat up and we know that we are in an election year so what do we expect in an election year and what do we expect to be happening in these last days as we see the enemy rearing up his ugly head and his fangs even more through people in vessels as we look. And so if you really look at the situation, let's say, for instance, in California, we have John MacArthur that's finally standing up, you know, for the gospel's sake. And we know that the governor has been overreaching by telling them that they cannot, you know, sing or praise the Lord in services. So I believe that they've really overreached in that in that state. That government has went over his, he's overreached with, you know, with, with his power and all this. So, we, you know, we just want to encourage John MacArthur and all those brethren that are in California that are taking the stand, and they're doing it the right way. They're not, they're not being violent about it or nasty about it, but they must take a stand for the gospel's sake. And there's other pastors that are starting to hear as they've been praying to the Lord how to deal with that situation over there. And so we just want to commend them and encourage them to continue in the faith to proclaim this gospel, because obviously as we look, the last several months with everything that's been going on, really the enemy is just trying to hinder the gospel to go forward, trying to stop the assembling of, of, of the body of Christ coming together. And why? To present the gospel. Because, you know, there's power in God's people when they congregate and they praise and worship the Lord and then they go out and witness. So praise God. And so we're at a point that there's been so much exposed of the darkness of what a lot of these people are doing, the human trafficking and, and uh, all the pedophiles that's going on. God have mercy. I tell you, I just believe right now the Lord is just opening up that veil of darkness to really show this world the evilness that's going on and how much they really need to repent. And turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of their sins. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Through his shed blood at Calvary. His gospel. And so I say this all. Because. That's what this is about. We have. To continue in the faith. We must be like our brethren in the book of Acts. That continued. To proclaim the gospel. At whatever cost. Or whatever it was going to cost them. They were willing. They were sold out for Jesus to do that. And we must have a made up mind from this point on, my brothers and sisters, that we are going to continue in the faith. And I believe that God is going to move among us and protect us and fight for us as we stand for the truth in these last days. And to be able that he gives us the boldness and the courage with the balance of firmness and love and compassion for the lost and dying, and even those that try to come against us. As we were at the park the other day, um, I just want to mention this real quick. Uh, we were, you know, we take little breaks. You know, we're there about a couple of hours in the morning. You know, just preaching some messages, just you know, the gospel. Uh, we were taking a break before we were getting ready to do another, you know, another preaching, and uh, a police officer came and. Uh, <laughs> 
And uh, I pulled up. I said, well, "Let's see what's going on here." And um, he just basically asked, if, you know, if we had uh, if we had a permit. He said, "Somebody called and complained that we have to have a permit to to uh, to do what we were doing because we got the PA system out there and we're proclaiming the gospel." And so I just told him that uh, my pastors already went to the city officials and um, spoke to them about what we can do, and that you know we didn't need. Uh, we didn't need a permit, so you know we're going back and forth. I mean, the officer was just really, 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 just really just doing his job, very respectful, and I and I understand he's just doing his job. So I'm just you know, you know, just uh, showing the same respect because you know he's just doing his job, and and we have to understand you know what's going on, and I can just tell by uh, the complexion on his face and just the reaction on his face. I can read his face that he really didn't want to deal with the situation. He really doesn't want to you know, shut us down. And so it didn't get ugly at all, but, you know, just some things that we were learning. It's just showing us that, uh, you know, somebody complained because the enemy's basically, you know, not happy that we're going out there and preaching the gospel. And so, you know, it was all worked out, and he found out that, you know, we were doing everything uh, according to, you know, the laws and regulations in our city. So it all worked out. So praise God. I thanked him and told him, God bless you and have a nice day. And he, he went on his way. So we just continued you know, to proclaim the gospel. So, you know, <laughs> you know, that just, you know, we were expecting that to happen sooner or later, and praise God it happened, and who knows what else is going to happen. But we must continue to proclaim this gospel. We were able to to uh, to pray over this young girl that works across the street at the store, and she just came and asked for prayer, and, you know, and we prayed with her, believing with her, and God would strengthen her and her children and all that. Another gentleman came up and said, wow, you're, you know, you're preaching about, his son, talking about Jesus, God the Father of his son, Jesus. And just encouraging us, another lady came and, you know, you know, asked, she she just barely moved from Texas into here, Louisiana, was asking, you know, looking for a spirit-filled church. So I gave her, a, you know, one of our, uh, of all tracks, a Christmas track. <laughs> but it's got our name and address and phone number to our church. So, you know, praise God, there's been people that have been receptive and, and we just want to continue in this. But we must understand that we are in a spiritual warfare. And so, look, we have to pray. When we're involved in ministry and we're doing, you know, out, you know, like this outreach at this park and, and other things that we're doing outside the four walls of the facility of our sanctuary, you know, we need to learn how to pray because the enemy does not like when we go outside the four walls. I have to be point blank on that. And we have many examples of the Lord Jesus Christ where, he preached in the synagogues, and, and, and but really, when he was out there with the people, that's what it was about. He was proclaiming his gospel. He was, people were getting saved and healed and delivered and fed and, you know, you name it. A lot of things were going on. He was out there amongst the people. And this is not to critique the church or anyone if they're not doing it. I'm just saying that I know that God has called us specifically in me to evangelize and that's what we're planning and by God's grace we are going to continue to do that you know we want to obey the Lord's command and the Bible and some of us are not going to do what I'm doing at the park outreach but really we I'm trying to encourage people I'm, I'm trying to encourage you to let God use you to evangelize you know whether it's your own family your wife or your husband you know or <clears throat> in your neighborhood or your co-workers ask God to give you grace and favor and courage and strength by the power of the Spirit 
to proclaim this gospel and to also live it in front of those around you. My brothers and sisters, I mean, we don't know. Some of the people that we cross with, we don't know if this is the last time they're going to be on the face of the earth, if they only have another hour or a day. But when God brings people in, in your path, try to just be sensitive uh, and discernment of the Spirit to know what the Lord's, uh, you know, just uh, uh, telling you and lead you to witness to them. So praise God on that. And so there's no greater, there's no better miracle than the miracle of salvation. Why? It cost God's only begotten son's own body and his blood, the complete perfect sacrifice on Calvary for our sins. It was, we were bought with a price more precious than silver or gold. We could not add up all the finest in the world that it still would not add up. It could not add up to our salvation in Christ Jesus. And we give him the glory for that and we thank him for that. Uh, this just past uh, Saturday morning, I was dealing with the righteousness of God and the wrath of God and how they're, they're tied in together and how the gospel works it all out. Amen. It's Jesus that has brought us back to our right relationship with our Father. We have righteousness to the, our belief and our faith in Jesus Christ. We have been, been justified by faith. We've been, and we are now in a right standing with God the Father. We have peace with Him. Romans chapter five verse one speaks of that, and then we know afterwards that it, the sanctification process starts immediately after after the born again experience. So there's so many benefits about salvation that we just want to talk to the people, of what God wants to do in their life, what He wants to do in your life, in my life. The benefits of this new covenant is just so phenomenal. And so what I was ministering that you know, this past Saturday morning, the Holy Spirit would just really have me just bring some clarity in the scriptures about salvation and the benefits of justification by faith. As the examples of Abraham, even before he was circumcised, even before the law, how he believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And David too that righteousness was imputed in him. And what that word means is that it's been given to our account by another. And it's Christ that has deposited his righteousness in our life because we have received him by faith. We repented of our sins and believed on him and his gospel. And we got the born again experience. And now we are adopted children to the family of God. And we are now sons of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's our desire. My desire is to see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. No matter the problems that they're going through, the bondage or where they're at, that was Jesus' desire. So, you know, amen. Hallelujah. He just loved the people. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verses uh, 36, 37, 38 goes like this. But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that. Oh, church, can we feel that? Can we feel God's heart about how much He wants to save people? 
and his desire to have fellowship with them and bring them into this new covenant. There's so much room at the foot of the cross. There's so much room in the kingdom of God. The Lord will never run out of room for souls to come in. There'll always be room for one more to come in and praise God for that. And so I'm just sharing my heart with you tonight and what I see and sense in the spirit. And as the Lord has been dealing with me, I, I just ask that you continue to pray with us and the, we pray together that God will continue to bring souls into the kingdom. Hallelujah. To hear the spiritual babies crying in the spirit and the born again the, experience hallelujah is the most beautiful sound in the world when a person gives their heart to the lord jesus christ where the holy spirit touches and convicts their hearts and gives a revelation of their sinful nature and how rigid they are and then uh, turns around and shows them the remedy of grace manifested through the cross of christ and what he did at calvary and his precious blood and body that he sacrificed for for us, on our half, on our half, what we deserve, He took upon Himself, and then He turns around and gives us eternal life and righteousness. How could we not want a desire to serve Him and love Him and obey Him when He's done so much for us? How could we not walk with joy, even when we're going through things, knowing that we're saved, and if the Lord comes at any moment? We're sealed, that's it. We're going to be glorified. We are justified by faith. We are sanctified by faith. And one day we're going to be glorified completely by faith. And I can't wait for that day. But until then, we must continue in the gospel and reach out to a lost and dying world. When I look at the cross of Christ, spiritually speaking, and in my, in my mind, I can see it. And I know that whatever angle a person looks at it, there's the love of God right there with Jesus has done and people have come from all walks of life all kind of different bondages all different ethnic nationalities have come at the foot of the cross and have repented of their sins and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and that is our desire that is our desire to see people come into the kingdom of God we're at a time that we do not know when the Lord's coming back whether it's pre-trip, mid-trip, or post-trip. And there's so much there, but I do know one thing. The Lord is coming back. And I believe He's coming sooner than what we think. I still stand upon that I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. But only God knows, truly. But we must have our minds made up that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. And will he find us faithful in the fields doing his work and the harvest that he purchased with his own blood? Or will he find us just doing our own thing and just living life like usual? Come on, church, let's wake up. There's a work to do. We got to continue in the faith. I get so, so choked up sometimes speaking about these things. Because I didn't know there's many that want to come into the kingdom. And we as the church must reach out. The church is not a building. You know this and I know this. But we have to be reminded of that. We are the church. And wherever we gather together. Like when we go to this park. Even if it's just two of us. Or three of us. Wherever we're gathered in His name. We are the church together. We can have church anywhere. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. And I thank the Lord for our sanctuary and our church. And I thank for my pastors and my brothers and sisters. I'm thankful that we're still able to assemble and to worship in spirit and truth and praise God and to hear his word and let the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts and change us and conform us even to the image of Christ even more daily. But there's such a desire to be outside the four walls. That's where the people are at. And a lot of times they won't come in. We have to go after them as the Lord has shown. He has shown that. He has shown his heart in that. He has shown that so many times. He set the example. We can look to the four Gospels of his biography. That's what it is, the biography of Jesus and what he's done for us. And seeing what he's done and where he's went. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scriptures. I'll read verse 18 before that. And it says, And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Praise God. Is that's our is that our desire? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men if we follow him with all our hearts, even in even in our in our shortcomings and even you know when we feel that we're not equipped or there's fear to step out, he is going to make us fishers of men by the power of his spirit and what he did at Calvary and empowers us to do that. And I just want to encourage you with that tonight. I want to encourage you that tonight that we are fishers of men and God. He desires to use us to bring in even more into the kingdom of God. Do you not remember? Do I not remember when I was in bondage and darkness, when I was so messed up in my life, strung out on dope and pornography, and just my white life was wasted, and I was in spiritual darkness, in the spiritual jail cell, in my mind and my heart. But when the gospel came, because my mom, my grandfather, many of them were praying for me, I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I came back as a prodigal son because I was raised in church. But I walked away for 13 years of my life. But my mama didn't give up praying for me. My sister didn't give up praying for me. My grandfather prayed for the whole family tree. And the Lord sent Brother Rogers, Pastor Robert Rogers, into my life. Oh, hallelujah. And brought the gospel to me. He literally brought the gospel to my life. And one day I'm going to see him. And he is going to get the rewards of everything that I do for God's glory. Because he brought me into the kingdom. And that's my heart's desire. My heart's desire goes out to our young men in our church. I ask God to strengthen them. For they are facing things in these last days that are just so brutal. And just so alluring and tempting with the technology that we have. But I'm praying that God is going to strengthen our young men. And make them strong upon that solid rock. To be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and the temptation. And to be able to proclaim this gospel by the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. All I could do is share my heart with you tonight. You judge 
what I said tonight. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Word itself. I stand here. This is me. This is my life. And it's not my life. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to tell you I'm thankful for what He's done in my life. I'm thankful for my family, for my church family, for my pastor. I'm thankful even for the people around me, even the opportunity that we get to witness to people, to love on them, encourage them. God is so good. He's so good. We're going to see Him one day, church. My brother and sister, we're going to see Him. Will He say, Thou and good faithful servant, come home? Will He say that? What is He going to say to us at the judgment seat of Christ? What is the Lord going to say to us our works that are put before that furnace. What's the what's the the agenda in our heart? What what was it all about? The things that have we done in the gospels for the gospel's sake? Was it truly because we wanted to bring glory to God? Or are we just trying to build our own kingdoms? Or are we just trying to put ourselves on a platform and be seen by men? Or are we sold out to Jesus? And we did what he's called us to do to the best we could by his grace to reach as many souls as we could, to be the high priest of our family, to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, hallelujah. May he make us more fishers of men. Remember the story? They fished all night. The Lord told them to cast and then on the right side, Peter told them, we've fished all night, but by your bidding, by your command, Lord, we'll do it. And boy, did they catch many fish. What does this symbolize? That if Jesus is not in our boat, in other words, in our life, in our heart, if he's not a part of what he's calling us to do, we're not going to catch anything. But if he's with us in our boat, we are going to bring in the harvest for his glory because we present it. We present this gospel. There's only one gospel. There's not many gospels. There's only one, and we must stand upon that, upon His promises that He is that rock and that foundation to bring many into the kingdom of God. If Jesus is with us and He's in our spiritual boat, we're going to catch many fish because we're proclaiming Him. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to draw them. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to speak through us in our life and our actions and how we present ourselves before a lost and dying world. So I just want to encourage you that this morning, this tonight, as I speak from my heart, I say this a lot. Why do you always say from your heart? Because I just try to wait on what I want you to say on these half-hour segments. I know that I was supposed to be dealing with prophecy and conspiracies and things that are going on, but right now my heart has just been really set towards persevering, praying, believing, and presenting the gospel. Because in the end, my brother, that's what's going to matter. Is the agenda of our heart was really the love of God that have us do the things that we did on this earth for His glory and to bring in a harvest into the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
It's coming a day where the Lord's going to show us all our labor, all that we went through, we're going through, is going to be worth it that day. The hardship, the trials, the tribulations are for our, it's for our well-being, to be honest with you. It's to, it's to get us to, to even grasp on the Lord Jesus Christ even more and let the Holy Spirit conform us into the image of Christ even more. It is to help us to trust Him and believe in faith on Him no matter what's going on. That's what this is about. <laughs> it's about Jesus and the souls around us. Amen. Let Him use you. Let Him do the work that He needs to do in your life. Let Him equip you. Let Him do the impossible by the Spirit through your life. He'll do things through you that you would, you can't even fathom or imagine if we just believe, surrender, and let Him have His way in our life. We can go either two ways. We could just keep the gospel of salvation to a minimum in our life and just do our planning and still make it to heaven. Or we can be sold out to Jesus and say, Lord, here's my life. Use it. Because He does have a plan for our life. He's God. He wants to do things in our life, but He must be the captive of our ship if we're going to be fishers of men, if we're going to bring in the harvest in. He must be in control. He must lead us by His Spirit to tell us what to do, when to do, and how to do it. And so I just encourage you with that tonight, that in the end it's going to be worth it all. For we cannot compare the sufferings to the glory that is to come when we get glorified fully to be with Him throughout eternity. So I pray that you hear my heart tonight about this. And let's pray and let's proclaim, proclaim this gospel. And let's stand firm against the powers of darkness for the souls of men. And let's bring glory to Christ's name. Love you all and God bless you. Bye-bye.